Thank you for joining us today. At Cross Church, we believe people need Jesus, people need each other, people change the world, and people leave legacies. Our desire is for you to understand, accept, and grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about Cross Church, please visit crosschurch.com. We are in the middle of what we call the decade of love, which is how we're going about fulfilling our mission for this decade of years together. And uh, on Legacy Sunday, we encourage every single person to give something, even if that's $5, give something to forward the vision of the decade of love if you are new. Let me explain what that is. Uh, The L stands for we want to leave a legacy of reaching the next generation and preparing the church for the future. Uh, To give you a scope of the next generation here at our church, uh, just last week alone, if you take those aged birth through high schoolers, there was about 2,900 people within that category last year. And uh, I would tell all of you parents, we have an agenda with your kids, all right? And, and you say, well, that sounds a little bad. No, it's, it's actually a good agenda. We wanna share the gospel of Jesus Christ with these children, and we want them to come to faith at an early, early age. We wanna disciple them in their Christian living. We want them to get a heart for lostness around the world. And we hope that when they grow old, they are spending their life and their career somewhere fulfilling the Great Commission, and uh, that is our heart. We do that all throughout the year. One of the ways we do that is through summer camp, and part of our offering today for the Decade of Love offering will go towards camp scholarships. This is for kids who maybe can't afford the full price, or maybe they need a full scholarship, and your giving today will make a difference in that. Thank you, church. Um, The O stands for Obedience to Christ's Commission. We wanna be a church that sends people all over the world. And one of the ways that we are doing that is through C3 Send. This is sending college students. Last year, we sent 32 over the summer to Northwest Arkansas, America, and the world. Uh, Some of those two partners in America and the world on our dime, not on their dime, and so fully funded by us as a church. And we are looking forward to doing that again today. So when you give, you will be giving towards sending college students across the world. Uh, The V stands for vulnerable. We wanna be a church that loves the poor well because Jesus loved the poor well. We will do this actually next Sunday together through Blessing Baskets. Blessing Baskets is where we will give away about 2,000 bags of food. And we've done this for many years as a church. If you wanna be a part of helping serve for that, you can meet Springdale at the Springdale campus Saturday morning as we assemble these bags. And then uh, Sunday at all campuses in the afternoon, we will give away Blessing Baskets. But we're gonna give to, uh, today uh, to fund those uh, giveaways right there. And then the E stands for equipping and encouraging pastors and missionaries. Uh, we believe God has done a great work here at our church. Do you, do you agree with that? And to whom much is given, much is required. And we feel a deep responsibility to help other churches. And uh, what we're gonna fund today is our call to lead conference. We did that in September where we had almost 500 church leaders from all over the country, different places and all sizes of churches. And uh, that's what we're here to do. So those are the four lanes of love. That's what we'll be giving towards together today. And uh, again, if you are new, our mission is even kind of a bigger than the decade of love. Our mission is reaching Northwest Arkansas, America and the world for Jesus Christ. If you don't like that mission, you will not like our church. Okay, I'll just be like frank with you. You're not gonna like it here. Uh, We believe the central mission of the church is to reach the world. I'm gonna let that sit in. I'm gonna say it to you again. We believe the central mission of the church is to reach the world. In other words, this church is not about me as the pastor. Frankly, it's not about you as a member of the church. It's about them. 
You say, like, who, who are you talking about? It's for those who are not yet here. It's for those across the world who some of them have never even heard the name of Jesus. This is why we are here. And I'll be blunt with you today. There are all kinds of other churches who have a different heart and a different mission. There are plenty of churches who will not push you to sacrifice for the mission, to do anything with your time or anything with your money. And I would just tell you that is not this church. We have 153 years of sacrificial mission pushing us forward to take the gospel to the world. You may sit there and say, well, Nick, what is this day, Legacy Sunday? What is it all about? Taking the gospel to the world. What is Cross Church all about? Taking the gospel to the world. What is uh, the Decade of Love all about? Taking the gospel to the world. So if, whether you are in this room here today, whether you're down at Fayetteville, maybe you're watching online today, and you are wondering when it, even what we're about to announce, what is that all about? Taking the gospel to the world. If you got a Bible with you, I want you to grab that and turn with me to Matthew chapter nine today. And I wanna set up uh, briefly where we're headed biblically that will kind of launch us into what I'm gonna announce to you today. But uh, let, me, let me catch you up to speed by the time you get to the gospel of Matthew chapter nine. Jesus is known as a healer. Matthew chapter four, he has healed the sick in Galilee. His fame begins to spread throughout Syria. He's preached the Sermon on the Mount, remember that, to the crowd in Matthew 5 through 7. He's healed a leper, healed a centurion servant, healed Peter's mother-in-law. I wonder, by the way, I wonder if Peter was upset at that. Like, Jesus, what are you doing to me here, man? By the way, if my mother-in-law is watching online, I love you, so thankful for you. Looking forward to Christmas, it's gonna be great. Later that day, Jesus was casting out demons and healing more who were sick in Matthew chapter eight. He's calmed a storm, cast demons out of two men and into a herd of pigs that goes down the hill into the sea, remember that? And then in Matthew chapter nine, he heals a paralyzed man, calls a man by the name of Matthew to be his follower who would write this book. He's healed a woman with the issue of blood, raised a dead girl back to life, has healed two blind men and a man who was mute. Anybody think Jesus has a reputation by this point? Okay, his fame is spreading. And it leads us to the very end of Matthew chapter nine. If you look at verse 35, a real significant passage, it says this, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, grab your pen if you got your Bible there, I want you to underline this phrase, he had compassion for them. As you underline, circle or highlight that word compassion. Why did he have compassion? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus continues what he's been doing, preaching the gospel, healing people. Preaching the gospel, healing people. By the way, great message for the church. Preach the gospel, heal the people. And when Jesus saw the crowd, he did not look down on them. He did not thumb up his nose and think that they were bad. When he looked at them, he looked at them with compassion. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This word for compassion that I had you circle, it carries the idea of distress. It's a deep feeling within you. You feel pain over someone else's condition and you are compelled to do something about it. In, in the Greek language, it is the strongest feeling for the idea of pity and describes compassion which moves a man to the depths of his being. 
In other words, I have to do something about this. Can I ask you a question today? Just as, as a member of this church, whether in this room or online or in the room at Fayetteville today, when is the last time we looked at a lost world through that kind of lens of compassion? A deep, guttural compassion that moves us to action. He continues on to verse 37 and gives us one of the greatest verses in all the Bible. He said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The International Mission Board tells us that there are 8 billion people in the world speaking 7,000 different languages in 195 countries of the world. And we believe there are just over 3,000 people groups who have no missionary presence among them. If that is true, which it is, then it also means that something is true about our church. And here's what that thing is, is that the measure of this church is not our seating capacity, but our sending capacity. In other words, who gives a flip how many people come into church on Sunday morning if we are not going back into the workplace, back into our neighborhoods on Monday and all around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so the measure is how many people are we sending out as missionaries? The last three years, we've sent 14 people to leave Northwest Arkansas to someplace in America or the world. It is about how many we can train and send out to a world in need of the gospel. And everybody listen to me. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this. All of this begins when you and I have a heart of compassion for the lost. Again, a deep sense of compelling something to do something about lostness. So if all that's true, I mean, if what Jesus is saying here really is the truth, man, there's a lot of lost people out there. The harvest field is wide under harvest, but man, we're lacking people to go. Then a question that you and I should be asking as members of this church is this, well, then what is our process for getting people to the nations? Like if this is such a big deal, and if a lost world is such a big deal, then, then what in the world are we doing about that as a church? And to be honest with you, it's beginning in the rocking chairs in the nursery room over here. Where, where a nursery worker is rocking a baby saying, man, Jesus loves you, gave his life for you, beginning to input the gospel into their life. And it continues as these children and students and teenagers come to faith in Christ and are disciples and have a heart for lostness to consider how they should spend their life no matter what calling God gives them. Today, you're gonna hear me talk a lot about college students and that's intentional because uh, college students have a blank canvas for their life. And so if we ever hope to send a bunch of uh, people to the mission field and into ministry, we need to be thinking about those in the rocking chairs, those in the kids' ministry and student ministry. Yes, those in college ministry and maybe the young adults right above them who still have their entire life ahead of them. Now, to be frank with you, some of you are adults. You may be married, no kids, or you may be an empty nester. Maybe you do have kids in the home. And even God is stirring your heart towards a call to ministry. It could it be that God's gonna call you to leave Northwest Arkansas and go somewhere for the sake of the gospel? But what is our process for sending people to the nations? Let me just kind of give you a funnel, a pipeline to the nations. Number one, it's C3. If you're new today, uh, C3 is our college ministry that is based down there at the Fayetteville campus where all of you are watching down there. But there's something unique. Like this is maybe the only ministry in the church where the entire church feels an ownership of the college ministry. Like, is that true? I'm here at Pinnacle Hills. Do you feel a sense of ownership and joy and excitement anytime you hear something good about college? Is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, you're, I'm hearing amens and yeses here from this, okay? And so this is not just Fayetteville's college ministry, but man, it's really the entire church's college ministry. And uh, we have roughly 1,000 to 1,200 college students who are connected with our church, hundreds of them being discipled in homes throughout the week. Uh, we'll throw up a screen behind me um, that is a, a slide showing you their opening gathering at the Greek theater. 2,300 college students showed up where they share the gospel. We've heavily invested in this ministry the last 12 months. We'll continue to do so. So we kind of moved from C3. Then we have the C3 building. If you are newer to the church, you don't know what's really happened the last six months. Back in April, we entered into a partnership to purchase and renovate the fitness building across the street from, from the Fayetteville campus. And God went before us. Way beyond college ministry, by the way, and this is where I want to speak directly to Fayetteville campus, there's no way that we could have handled the growth that is taking place this fall without that parking lot and that building. And so it's as if God knew what was about to happen and just said, hey, you're gonna need this. And he gave us a building right across the street that is a game changer. We opened it two Wednesday nights ago, October 25th, had 1,200 college students there, 23 college students give their lives to Jesus. And uh, I just stop and just say, thank you, church. Now, let me go big picture on you here for a second because you got to understand this. Because of your generosity in the past, it allowed us to be ready when the opportunity came about. Because of this church's commitment to live with margin, we were ready when God gave us an opportunity. So thank you, church, for your generosity. Continues on in the pipeline, we have something called C3 Send. I mentioned it a moment ago. It was on this day last year that we introduced this new initiative to send college students on our dime, fully funded by us, to our partners around the world and even here to our own church. And uh, we have an agenda again. Okay, so college students who are maybe thinking about C3 Sin, you say, well, I wonder why the church is really doing this. Complete and total agenda by the church. We are sending people short-term so that God would call you long-term. If you talk to any missionary, most likely their testimony goes something like this. Man, on spring break of my eighth grade year, I went to Mexico on a mission trip. When I was a sophomore in college, I went to Argentina and man, God radically altered my life and I was called to full-time missions. That's what happens. And so it's hard to send missionaries long-term if you're not sending them short-term. And, uh, and so that is why we are giving. So again, today your offering will go to fund sending about 30 college students all places to Northwest Arkansas, America, and the world. Why don't you watch this screen, watch this video about our testimonies from last year. Hey guys, my name is Hannah DeMerchant and I got to serve in New York City this summer for C3 Send. One of my favorite things about this summer was just the community that we got to be a part of um, with the church and just with the college students that we lived with. I learned so much this summer um, just about how everybody needs to hear the gospel. Um, no matter who you are or what you do or what you've been through, um, you deserve to hear the gospel. Um, and I think that's something that the Lord really taught me this summer. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity from Cross Church that they care about um, their college students so much to give us the opportunity to go and just to do ministry. Uh, hi, my name is Mason Roberts. I was part of the C3 Send program and I got the opportunity to go to Malawi, Africa this summer. One of my favorite memories from Malawi, Africa was the opportunity to do prison ministry and as well as hospital ministry. We went in the prison and we got the opportunity to preach the gospel, uh, share the word of God and give out bars of soap to the prisoners. And we saw almost 270 salvations that day. 
today? So I think this summer ultimately just gave me a new perspective um, on what helping a church plant looks like. I didn't really know what that looked like. I was familiar with it, but I didn't know the capacity to which, how much work it took and how much um, the pastors and families serving just really need extra help. Um, the Lord seriously placed on my heart this summer just how possible that is and how um, I could do that and I could go anywhere. One thing that I really loved about this summer was just getting able to talk about students, about what it looks like to live for Jesus Monday through Friday, whether that's at school, uh, on their sports team, or whatever that looks like for them. I got to talk to them about how they can really live out what they learn on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights and apply that to their lives and live gospel-centered lives. I really enjoyed getting to see what being on staff of the church looks like. As someone who is strongly called to ministry, it was nice to see what church looks like on a Tuesday afternoon rather than just a Sunday or a Wednesday. I got to see all the preparation that goes into any little event or anything that we did and just get to focus on all the details. One of the coolest experiences that happened while we were evangelizing in a park called Hyde Park in London, the very first person that we talked to was a woman named Michelle. I found out that she had been experiencing a lot of oppression and that she was a refugee from Saudi Arabia. We began to process together um, just the good news about Jesus and three weeks into it, um, just our time in London, she ended up accepting Christ. Thank you so much Cross Church for sending me this summer. Um, I have felt a call to missions in my life and it was an amazing opportunity to get to practice living my life on mission in a different context. Just thank you so much. I really recommend this program for anyone who's interested in missions or just living life in a different area, getting to explore what the Lord has for you. It's very sad to leave Colorado, but I have complete faith and trust that like what God's doing there, He's gonna continue to work on. It's not it's not ending now that we've left. And my work here, now that I'm back in Arkansas, back at the University of Arkansas, my life on mission also hasn't ended. So Thank you once again, Cross Church, for all that you've done for us, um, just providing a way for us to go out and do this um, free of charge to us. Um, it, it means the world, so thank you so much. Isn't that amazing? Let's give God praise for that. Awesome. I want us to ask a question this morning with these students in mind. For those that God does call to the ministry, for those that God does call to the mission field, what is our responsibility to them as a church? How do we help them survive long-term in ministry? How do we train them effectively for the long haul? For the last 10 years, we have trained and sent out right up 200 graduates through our Crossroads School of Ministry. If you are unfamiliar with what the School of Ministry is, these men and women come in and they do a one-year residency with us where they really are involved in the day-to-day -day ministry and training. And our desire was never to replace seminary but to come alongside and bring the practical everyday life skills that they would need in church ministry. And I gotta be honest with you, school of ministry has been amazing. Last 10 years, incredible. One of the greatest things this church has ever done, but it's been insufficient. And we've been able to give them amazing practical experience, but honestly, they need more. And we've encouraged the next step for them, which is theological training in like a real seminary. And some have done that, but many, many, many have not. And, uh, and so you can imagine, as you think about 2,900 birth through high schoolers, you think about another 1,200 college students, um, as we are effectively preaching the gospel, discipling these, these uh, people, God is calling them to ministry. And so we got to figure out, what are we going to do with these people? 
Um, what we have experienced uh, with the School of Ministry is that as much as we say, hey, you need to go on to seminary, very few have actually picked up and moved to a seminary town and begun formal training like that. Um, but we've seen God do some amazing things in C3. And we've seen God do a miracle through giving us the building across the street. We're seeing God call students to full-time missions and ministry through C3 Send. And so here we come to a major step in the life of this church. Literally, I said it this way all morning. I believe there is Cross Church before this announcement and there's Cross Church after this announcement. That's how significant I believe it is. Because here's the question. How do we best steward what God is doing in our church? By the way, that's all we're responsible for. What is God doing here? That's what we're gonna be held accountable for before the Lord. How do we best set up these students, these young adults, these teenagers for success in long-term ministry? How do we help them learn practical things, but also the deep theological days needed for the days ahead? Um, how do we create a pipeline to the nations? Well, today I'm pumped to announce to you and unveil to you what we are calling Cross Theological Seminary. You say, Nick, what in the world is Cross Theological Seminary? Well, today we are launching our own seminary and we are going to provide seminary within the local church, from the church to the world. Now, let me back up and let me answer an even better question for some of you who are going, Nick, what in the world is seminary? It's a good question. Uh, seminary is graduate school for people who are going into ministry. It is where you receive training in Old Testament, New Testament, other Bible things, uh, theology, how to interpret and teach the Bible, and a host of other things. It's honestly where you get a doctrinal foundation to last a lifetime. You go deep, deep, deep into the things of God. The reason why the School of Ministry has been so effective is that it, it really was able to provide the basics of practical ministry that, that honestly seminary could never bring because it's separated from the local church. And the detriment to the school of ministry is that it was not designed to be that deep, 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 deep dive into theology and Bible. Now we're going to marry those two worlds within the local church. This theological depth and training needed for some crazy days that are no likely, are likely ahead, along with the hands-on ministry and relational experience that only a church can provide. So some of you in the room at Fayetteville or even in the room here at Pinnacle Hills are a part of our School of Ministry class right now. You are the last and final class of the School of Ministry. You will continue all the way through May, and uh, I think they would say that they are the best class, okay? Best and final class. You may wonder, well, Nick, how in the world did we get to this point? And I wanna try to open my heart to you and tell you a journey that I've been on for about the last six or so months. Um, this has been a journey of prayer. Uh, it's been a journey of exploration. Uh, we have literally been to Los Angeles. We've been to Birmingham. We've been to other places, all in search of the Lord's will in this, trying to learn and discern what God wanted us to do. And this is the conclusion that I've come to. And our leadership team has come to, and our pastor's council has come to. That if there was ever a church that could step out in faith and try this, it's this church. And if there was ever a time to do it, it's right now. So that's what we're gonna do. <clears throat> I, I told people around the country when we were kind of expressing the idea, seeing if we were crazy, and I'm not so sure we're not still crazy, but we're at least trying it. Um, but I said, man, 
this church that I'm a part of, they're different. I said, like, if I went to them next Sunday with the little information I had at that point and said, hey, guys, we're going to start a seminary, this church would go, okay, let's go. Let's do this. I just want you to understand, I, I know that's rare. You're a great church. Great church. Some of you hear me announce this, you're like, so that, like, that's it? That's the announcement? And I, I, if, if that's you, I think you're just going to have to trust me that in about five or 10 years, you're going to look back and go, that was one of the most significant Great Commission things we've ever done as a church. Many people view this thing that we're in, church, like a cruise ship, get upset when it's not right, when the service is not right, when you're not handled right, or, you know, and, and listen, we're here to serve people. It's my life calling, serve you, okay? But it happens where people get mad and they get upset and they leave the cruise ship. Why? Because they thought the cruise ship was all about them. As a good, again, just a good reminder to, to remind one another, this church is not about us and it's not a cruise ship. We view it much more like an aircraft carrier. That people are gonna fly in here, get trained, fly out. Fly in here, get trained, get sent out. As long as I'm the pastor, here's our strategy. Win people to Jesus, disciple them in Christian living, send them to the nations. Win people to Jesus, disciple them in Christian living, send them to the nations. Like that, that is the strategy for the years ahead of how we're gonna go about fulfilling the mission. So let me answer several questions. You've probably got a lot of questions rattling around in your mind. I still got a lot of questions, actually. I do, I do have some answers, though. Here's the first question. Who is going to lead the seminary? It's a big question. In fact, it's the biggest question and the biggest decision that I had to make in this process. And as pastor of the church, I will have a role. Um, my role will be as the chancellor of the seminary. It would be my intention that whoever's the pastor of this church until kingdom come will also serve as the chancellor of the seminary, uh, which means I will not answer to anything other than Chancellor Floyd from now on, okay? <laughs> so if you're not in, you can find another church, because I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a little drastic, I'm just kidding. Um, but my chief role is supporting the president, uh, keeping the thing between the lines, fundraising, and vision. That's my role at the seminary, Okay. I will not be the day-to-day -day leader. And so we need a president who's not only like credentialed educationally, but they got to fit with us. Make no bones about it. Say it loud and clear. We are trying to replicate what God is doing here at Cross Church around the world. Amen. And I don't mean size of church. I don't mean scope of ministry. I mean heart, DNA, mission, evangelism, discipleship. No bones about it. That's who we are. That's what we're going to do. And so we're gonna to try to replicate that in men and women uh, over the coming years together. So in other words, we gotta have a president who is us, who fits with us. And thankfully, the Lord has brought this person and provided this person for us. The very first president of Cross Theological Seminary is our very own Dr. Jeff Crawford. Now, let me put you at all at ease, okay? Jeff will re remain in the preaching rotation here at Cross Church. That's uh, where your mind first went. But uh, let me give you some background information on Jeff that you may not know. Jeff uh, uh, graduated from Oklahoma Baptist University. He graduated with a Master of Divinity with Biblical Languages from Southwestern Seminary. He got a Doctorate of Education and Leadership from Southern Seminary. 
He's the author of seven books. He's actually been an adjunct professor at Oklahoma Baptist and Liberty University, which Liberty University is the world's most exciting Christian university. Okay. Um, he is uh, pumped and qualified and ready. And Jeff, we are so excited for you. Okay. Let me express, uh, let, me, let me tell you about a couple of our other team members. We will have more along the way. I'm just gonna share four people who are the main people as we get started here. Uh, our current leader of the School of Ministry, Davin Benavides, will also be a part of the seminary team. He has done an exceptional job. I mean, this role has fit him like a glove. And Davin is in the process of getting his PhD right now from Midwestern Seminary, and uh, he is gonna be a foundational piece here. He will continue to do much of what he's doing now, just in a broader uh, scope there, all right? Our third team member is a man by the name of Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart is a product of Cross Church, literally was born into this church, saved, baptized, discipled, called to ministry. He's gone away, he's done his education. Uh, Matt has a, he is actually the, the Dean of Spiritual Life at Shiloh, which is our Christian school associated with the church. Um, Matt has an MDiv as well, has what's called a THM, Master of Theology, that qualifies him to teach. And uh, he's also working on his PhD and uh, we're already working on fulfilling his, uh, backfilling his role for all of you Shiloh families here at Pinnacle or at Fayetteville. Uh, it's a big loss to lose Matt at Shiloh and we are already working on his replacement there to fulfill that significant role. Matt will be running the academic side of the seminary. If you know Matt, that's not a shocker, okay? He is an intellectual, godly man and a pastor, which is who we want training our students. Our, uh, our fourth major team member is one that I've asked to leave a significant role here at the church uh, to go and be a part of the seminary team is that's our Springdale campus pastor, Sean Smith. Some of you in these two rooms know Sean. Maybe if you're watching online, you know Sean. Sean is a leader. He's a starter. Uh, Sean has 35 years of experience in ministry in all kinds of churches, and he has an incredible role. From the very first day these students step on campus, Sean will begin to be invested in their life. This will not end until that person is placed in a local church. You see, the goal of many seminaries is degrees. That is not the central goal of this one. Are we gonna be doing degrees? No doubt. Are we working towards degrees? Absolutely. But the central goal of Cross Theological Seminary is placement in a church, active service to Christ in a local church or on the mission field, and Sean will do that. So we are already in, in conversations uh, with a potential campus pastor right now, should have news on that pretty soon. If you, uh, if you wonder if we're in this for the long haul, I want you to look at the screen and look at these four men. These are four significant players on our team that we are all taking to uh, be a part of the seminary team. Like I said, more are even a part of that beyond what we have on this. But I would just tell you this, I'll go into battle with these four men any day of the week and twice on Sunday. God's given us a team. Um, when will the seminary start classes? That's a good question. We will start in less than nine months, fall of 2024. So we are in hyperdrive. We've already been working. A ton of work to do still, but we're gonna make this happen. What kind of degree are we offering? I'm telling you some of this stuff so that you can pass the word to people that you know around the country, all right? We are offering a two-year degree called an MTS or what's called a Master of Theological Studies. We will welcome our first class in fall of 24 then another class in fall of 25. So we will, we will have a new class every year, even though it's a two-year degree, if that makes sense. We're gonna be offering a different kind of experience, not seminary disconnected from the local church, but seminary within the local church. Here's the difference in our seminary. We have one degree. 
one track. You don't come here and have options. You don't come here and have to make decisions. We tell you, hey, first semester, this class, this class, this class. Second class, second semester, this class, this class. And so we make it very, very simple. And we are crafting this degree uh, in an effort to build leaders for the local church and leaders in the mission field. Part of that, they're gonna be required to spend time here serving in the church. And so you will see them much like you see people uh, in school of ministry around. They should be involved on Sundays and Wednesdays, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we see most having part-time jobs. This is how normal seminary people work. They have a job at a church or they have a job at UPS or they have a job in the seminary. And, uh, and so by all means, if you're a business owner today and you are looking to hire uh, part-time people or even full-time people with some wiggle room, I would encourage you and uh, ask you to, to consider our students in the coming nine months together. I would also say if you have access to homes or to housing things where these students can get in and get in at a cheap rate or you got a, a guest house that you'd let a seminary student or two live in, you let us know. We would love to be able to help these students. Next question, are we seeking accreditation? Like, Nick, is this like a school of ministry thing, just like a little side thing the church does, or is this like a real deal? The answer is yes. We are fully intended to be a fully accredited seminary. We had an agency up here uh, all day Wednesday with us walking through that already. So we are working towards that. You may be a member of the church out there and you're saying, well, Nick, what about me? Can I take classes? All right, some of you, you've always wanted to go to seminary. You don't wanna leave your job. You're not going into full-time ministry, but you may love to learn more about the Bible. Uh, while the seminary is reserved for people going into full-time ministry, um, we will have something that we are calling CTS Nights. This is seminary-level education for people in the church. Those of you who would say, Man, Nick, I've always wanted to go deeper in the Bible and the theology and the ministry, and I don't care about a seminary degree. I just want the knowledge. This is gonna be offered for you. We believe this is a massive deal for the local church people. And uh, you'll walk out at the end of it with a certificate. So imagine with me hundreds or even thousands of our members who are going deep in Bible knowledge and theology, then the next day taking the gospel into Walmart, J.B. Hunt, Vinderville, University of Arkansas, Tyson, neighborhoods, all that kind of stuff about it. We'll open up registration for that here in a few weeks, okay? Here's a question. It's a big one for Pinnacle. Where will the seminary be located at? We are planning on basing this right here at the Pinnacle Hills campus, okay? <laughs> Last month, right to my right and your left, we broke ground on a two-story building. Bottom floor is a student ministry building, the top floor. We were building because we needed small group space. We have four small group rooms and a large group room that you'll see on the screens right here. And uh, we were building this for small group space, little did we know, we had no idea that God would call us to start a seminary that we will now base on the second floor right over here. And so it's an incredible thing. On the weekends, it's still gonna be used Sundays for small groups, the intended purpose we were building it for, but it will also now house the seminary. Let me talk about the biggest, 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 biggest part of the whole thing today. Most groundbreaking piece of this entire initiative. What is the tuition price at Cross Theological Seminary. Be honest with you, we have no idea what the response will be today and beyond. We don't know if this will be a small seminary, which by the way, most seminaries are small. Uh, we don't know if our first class will have 20, will it have 50, 
You know, will God grow it to hundreds or thousands in the future? We have no idea. But as we begin, like we know this at the beginning, that because of your generosity, all students will receive full scholarships covering their tuition. Now, if you are familiar with any education model, that's a, that's a radical shift. One of the things we were encouraged to do uh, by another seminary was remove all obstacles. There you go. Um, one of the main obstacles people have is money. Many carry student debt from college, and the thought of incurring more debt is unthinkable. By the way, average student loan debt in Arkansas, $32,414. So imagine you're a college student, you're already broke, and you're in debt, you know God's put a call upon your life, you know you have to do seminary, like you need to do seminary for your calling, but you have no way to do it. There it is. Think of a rural youth pastor at a rural church in Arkansas who knows he needs to go to seminary, has no way to pay for it. What we're gonna be able to say to these students is come and get your education, paid for by a church who loves you, believes in you, and is releasing you to go fulfill your calling. By the way, application for enrollment is open already, crossseminary.com. By the way, since the eight o'clock service, we've already had nine applications so far. <clears throat> now, let me speak to the finance people in the room. Some of you are going, Nick, what in the world are we doing? And how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to fund the school? Fully funded tuition as we begin. That's a big deal. It's a big commitment. And how can we do that? Uh, we have been through an extensive financial look internally with our pastor's council as well. Let me, can I just pull back the curtains for you today? And I'm going to show you the process here financially. Our finances are run by a man named Ben Mays. Ben Mays is the biggest hidden blessing in this church that most of you know nothing about. Um, Ben Mays has been with us for 25 years. Before coming to us, he ran the uh, finances for the city of Fayetteville. Alongside of him, we have a man named Jeff Pearson, who runs our compassion ministry now, really takes all of the vulnerable ministries of the church. This is what he's over. Uh, Jeff, this is his first step into ministry. Jeff is the former CFO of the fundraising arm of St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis, which handled over a billion dollars. And Ben and Jeff together took the lead on creating this initial, uh, this initial seminary financial business plan. This was looked over, scoured over, asked questions through, and approved enthusiastically by our pastor's council. And uh, here's basically how we're paying for it. We are reallocating money within the ministry budget already. Number two, we are already giving in the ministry budget. We already have a budget for the school of ministry that we're paying for, which is a significant chunk. That will now be the seminary budget. And the third way that we're doing this is through your generosity today. That's what it is. Those three things and your giving today will make this new vision a reality. So thank you for considering a generous gift today and in the days to come. Let me wrap up with this. Why are we doing this? I think it's a good question, right? It's a big, it's a big thing we're, uh, we're biting off here. Why are we doing this? There's a couple reasons. Number one, God has given us a stewardship of college students. If you were to look around the country and ask the question, how many churches have 1,000 to 1,200 college students involved in their church? 
I, I, it's a very small list, and I'm not sure how many are on there. And so again, we got to steward what God's given us, not what God's given somebody else. And, and I've told people around the country as we've been researching this, I said, listen, we would not do this if we didn't have C3 and what God was doing there. Too much work, too much money, too much extra. But God has given us these students. So we might as well take advantage of the Great Commission opportunity. I walked in the C3 building this, this past Thursday. I had lunch over by the Fayetteville campus and I, uh, I just wanted to go in there during the week. I'd been there the previous Wednesday night. I just wanted to go in and feel the vibe. So there's coffee shop and, you know, and I just wanted to see it. And I walked in, there's college students spread throughout the, the building. Just great. By the way, you can go in anytime, like eight to eight, Monday through Thursday, I think it is, or around those times. Don't, don't quote me on that. Uh, you can go and just check it out. And, uh, and I walk in and I'm talking to college students, talking to our staff, and I see Luke Harper, our, our college pastor, and, and he's, he's talking with another staff member and then one of, our, uh, uh, one of our girls in the college ministry. And so I walk over and I'm like, hey guys, sorry to interrupt, just saying hey. And, and Luke said, well, she's actually interviewing for C3 Send right now. I said, oh, that's cool, what's your name? And where are you from? I'm from McKinney, Texas. Nice. I said, where do you want to go with C3 Sin? I don't know. I'd like to go somewhere overseas. I said, okay. So is that something you're thinking about doing long term? She said, I'm thinking about it. I'm getting a, I'm getting a nursing degree and, uh, and I'm thinking about doing medical missions. She had no idea what I was announcing today. I did, however, know what I was announcing today. And inside my head and inside my heart, this was the thought. Boom to the boom to the boom, boom, boom. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. That's why we're doing it, folks, right there. Her. That kind of girl right there. That kind of guy right there. So God's given us a stewardship of college students. He's also given us just a stewardship of influence. Um, I say this humbly. And like, if I could get on my knees and like, you believe me, like I, I say it with all humility. God's just given us influence in the region. That when we, when we announce this and other churches hear about this, they're gonna say, man, so wait, you're saying that, that my youth pastor could come over there and get trained and yet remain in my church? The answer is absolutely. We, we deeply feel a responsibility, again, to whom much is given, much is required. We deeply feel a responsibility. This is more than just us. This is same team with churches. We're gonna help churches. We're gonna champion the local church, champion small churches, churches that are different than us. And we're, we're all in. I had lunch with a buddy on, on that Thursday who's a fellow pastor in town at a different church. He's walked this whole process with me and uh, we're, we're talking about it. He knows the announcements today and he said, Nick, I got two guys on my staff that can be a part of Cross Theological Seminary. Our church, loving somebody called to ministry, not even in our church, that will affect another church. We start getting that down, this great commission is gonna speed, speed, speed ahead. And uh, it's a kingdom moment for our church. Finally, God's just given us a stewardship of the gospel. Um, I want you to leave today with a pit in your stomach. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that like in a, in a gospel Matthew chapter nine kind of way. Of a deep guttural compassion for the lost. 
people who've never even heard the name of Jesus Christ. What are we doing about that? Why are we starting a seminary? To do something about lostness around the world. That's why we're doing it. That's a long game approach. As I said, it begins in the rocking chairs and into children's ministry and into student ministry and into college ministry and into young, young adults sitting over here today that God would call all of you out to spend your life for the sake of the gospel. A pipeline from the church to the world. In 1861, Charles Spurgeon and the Metropolitan Tabernacle, which was his church, were experiencing great growth. God was saving people, discipling people, calling people to ministry. And Spurgeon and this church partnered together to start a school to train these people for ministry. One night, uh, late in July, I was in bed and uh, this is when I had kind of some time off here at the church and, and Meredith was asleep next to me and I, I've got my laptop out and I am in a rabbit hole until about midnight and I am typing, 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 typing. And God's just pouring this stuff out as I studied Spurgeon, his church and this school. And here's what I learned. Spurgeon didn't come to the church with this grand idea, Man, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. It was simply a response to the movement of God in the church. When I became your pastor four and a half years ago, I, as God is my witness, I would have never dreamed I'd be announcing that we're starting a seminary, okay? I had no lifelong dream of starting a seminary. I had to get tutoring to pass a certain class in seminary. And I did, okay? So this is no like, like plan we've had for 20 years or for the last three years. And it's, but God's been moving, do you sense it? So we're just responding, just responding to God's move. We got a flood of kids and teenagers and college students. If you, if you total all those 2,900 plus 1,200, we got 4,000 or so people in our church with a blank canvas across their life that this church can be a part of saying, listen, man, your life can count in a massive way for the kingdom. Why did Spurgeon start this school for ministers? Tom Nettles writes this about his, his heart in his book on Spurgeon. He said, Spurgeon's intention has always been to pray that the Lord of the harvest would not diminish, but send forth more laborers into the harvest. And his intent was to act in accordance with his prayers. Why are we doing this? to act in accordance with our prayers, to act in accordance with our heartbeat, to act in accordance with our generosity already that God would call people out to the mission field. I want you to imagine with me a couple years from now, first class graduates and they're placed in churches all over Northwest Arkansas, America and the world. How cool is that? Let's imagine it more personal. Let's imagine somebody at that Fayetteville campus is a college student attending church for the very first time today. And somebody invites them to C3 this Wednesday night and they get saved in the C3 building and God changes everything about their life. A person is discipled 
in one of our members' homes, which is where they do their small groups all throughout the week. They take God at his word and they just say, okay, well, maybe I'll do the C3 sin for a summer. And while they're somewhere across the world, God calls them to a lifetime of missions or ministry. That person ultimately gets educated at Cross Theological Seminary. And we're standing up here about six years from now and we can't even tell you where that man or woman is serving Christ because it's too remote of a place and their life's too in danger in preaching the gospel where they're at. There's the dream. All over the world. Imagine training the next Billy Graham, the next Elizabeth Elliot. You know, money Sundays are, are awkward for the pastor. Confession. today I have zero hesitancy to ask you to give generously towards this zero a, a negative in my heart to ask you to generously give towards this mission all those things we just mentioned camp scholarships for kids C3 send giving to blessing baskets to feed people next Sunday, equipping pastors through stuff like call to lead, and then this dream of starting a seminary that could train students and send them all over the world. Zero hesitancy with full exuberation in my heart. Let's go. Let's do this together. Meredith and I, we're prepared today. I think I told you this last Sunday, we prayed separately, did not share a number. And we came together last week. Mary said, you got a number? I said, yeah, I got a number. You got a number? She said, yeah. I said, on three. One, two, three. Same exact number God gave us. So we, we came prepared to be generous today. Not asking you to do anything that we're not doing as a family. We're asking you to join us. So how can I give today? We'll throw this slide up here on the screen and we'll conclude today. Anything inside of this envelope today goes to the decade of love offering, okay? Like this is, if you are passionate about any of those five things, just give it in this. You don't have to designate it. If it's in this, it's going to that offering today, okay? Now, some of you came with your tithes and offerings as well. So you, you may drop that separately. Here's what I'd say. Anything in the boxes that is not in an envelope will go to just ministry budget, which by the way, also is helping pay for this. Um, but beyond that, we have, uh, you'll see online, you can do that. For those of you watching online, you can click there and you can be a part of that. We got QR codes, the app. Uh, if you just have a debit or credit card and say, Nick, I didn't really come with a check, but man, I'd love to give. We'll have iPads out in the lobby today at both these campuses where you can go type in a number, swipe and be done, okay? Thank you for considering a generous gift. I don't, I don't know if you sense it, but I, I sense that we are undertaking something that's bigger than us. Amen. It's bigger than us. And so what I'm gonna ask us to do right now is I'm just gonna call us to prayer as we wrap up today. If you need Christ today, if you need somebody to pray for you, our, our staff will be lined up across both of the fronts after we dismiss. But right now, I'm just gonna ask us just 
to come to the altar. If God's put this on your heart, man, God's gripped you today. Um, I'm just gonna ask the church to just come to the altar. Whatever that looks like, if God's got this on your heart, once you come, and uh, I think we need the Lord's touch. So I'm gonna give us just a moment to do that. Let's prep our hearts. We need God's intervention. We need his touch in our lives, in our church, in this new endeavor. You come there at Fayetteville, still coming here at Pinnacle. If you're online, you join us right now. Maybe get on your own knees right there in your living room. Lord, thank you for confirming the call. I have zero doubt this is what you've asked us to do. So Lord, today, and it's done now, all three services, we have dropped it in your lap. We've said yes. And so Lord, I, I pray that you would help us. Lord, we're so close, even in a financial sense to being fully funded already. Lord, would you close that gap today as our people give? Lord, for every new team member, we ask your provision for every student across America and the world who knows they have a call in their life and knows they need seminary. Lord, would you do something in their hearts that only you could do in drawing them to this place? God, this is bigger than us. We recognize it. We humble ourselves before you. God, intervene. Bless it by your spirit. We trust you by faith. This is your school. We leave it to you to take care of. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like more information about your relationship with Jesus, please email us at info at crosschurch.com or visit our website at crosschurch.com. At Cross Church, our mission is to reach Northwest Arkansas, America, and the world for Jesus Christ.